Hi, this is Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. A quick reminder that if you're enjoying the Movements Podcast, it'd be a great help if you could spread the word through social media or by leaving a review or just talking to a human being. Today we'll be in Southern California talking to Troy Cooper about living the dream in Los Angeles. It's been almost two years and uh, our family is, since we moved out here to greater Los Angeles here in Long Beach, and our family is thriving in life and ministry together here. Um, The kids are assimilated and, and making friends and um, we're getting into some healthy rhythms. We love the team that we get to serve with here in Long Beach. Um, we've got a combination of some full-time families that have moved out here with us, and as well as some bivocational uh, families. Um, and then also uh, just getting to, to serve and learn alongside uh, about nine different networks that are pursuing movement out here in Los Angeles. Some of them we knew we got here, some of them we didn't. And so it just, it seems like momentum is, is really picking yeah. up. Well, we had already been, you know, praying and fasting for uh, this area. The Lord put, put the West Coast on our heart, particularly uh, greater Los Angeles. And we had been connected with some leaders like Jeff Timblin and, and uh, Brett Butler up in Northern California and the Aspenwall family. And um, so we were already walking with some folks, um, the folks, John and Evelyn Lowe at Epicenter. And um, had been connected with people through Steve Smith and through uh, Carol Davis, who's a mentor to, I think, everybody in ministry out here in California. And uh, so some, some introductions and relationships that were already established that once we moved out here, we were able to continue with. Um, I actually took a sabbatical once we got out here and just helped transition our family. But once that finished, we did – actually, you came out with us, Steve – um, to visit and we leveraged you being here to do like a one day vision day where we just kind of did an all call for NPL California people. Let's, let's get together. And we just cast some vision for let's, let's be a family of friends. Let's, let's go after lostness in California. You're not alone. And, um, and we had, I don't know, we've had probably 85 people that showed up to that and some fresh faces. And, um, so, uh, and then from that, we began to, um, we met with uh, a few of the key teams, like the team in Long Beach that you did an interview with Jeff Timblin and the Bridges Church. Um, we did like just, we thought, man, let's, let's, let's do some iron and irons. They've been through the training cycle, but let's, let's get into some iron and irons with them. And so we just, we're learning out in California. You, it's hard to get people to come to like a four-day training or a two-day training. We were doing a lot of like team size because of geography, because of traffic because of time and because of the weather. Um, we're having to do smaller team size trainings in homes, in coffee shops um, for a number of reasons. So we gathered with the Bridges Church team and we, um, for like an afternoon iron and iron on a Sunday afternoon and just asked the question, you know, what's the vision? And everyone was really clear that they wanted to reach the 1.4 million of Long Beach and North Orange County with the gospel. And it was, I mean, just passionate. I said, that's great. Um, on a scale of one to 10, 
how well do you think you are personally doing at accomplishing that vision? Like put your finger up. And it was all ones mm-hmm. around the room with a couple of twos. And we just asked, okay, you know, why is that? And it was, man, I'm, I'm not seeing movement, I'm not seeing Ford gen, you know, um, we're, we're, we're just, we're not seeing what we read about and, and what the stories we hear on the podcasts and, um, you know, not gotten to baptize anybody yet or, um, so, um, they were disheartened mm. and, um, and, and, and what I, I just responded, I said, you know, guys, I see you as an 11. Here's why you are, you're doing exactly what God's called you to do. You're, you're praying and fasting. You're sharing the gospel, you're training believers and you're, you're forming catalytic teams. Like if we talk about, uh, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. These are the things that we can do to attempt great things for God. This, this is it, you know, pray and fast, share the gospel, train believers, form catalytic teams. So I'm like, you guys are doing those things and we're just going to have to uh, trust the results up to the Lord. And um, I had heard an illustration. I don't even know if this is true or not, but it, but it's a good illustration. I think, <laughs> um, about uh, how bamboo grows. Um, and uh, I, you know, there's, I think a salesman told this as an illustration that if you, if you plant bamboo in the ground, uh, certain types of bamboo that it can take up to five years for it to, to come to, to sprout till we actually see it. And then once it comes through, it grows by the hour. And, um, and I, we just, we just talked through different stories. Like, have you heard of Jeff Sundell's story? Like they labored faithfully in Nepal for a couple of years. Have, you know, Kumar had come out here. Did you hear Kumar's story? Like, like we, we hear about the last seven years, but we don't hear about the first 11 years. You know, have you heard Ying Kai's story and, 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 and all these faithful leaders of, of, you know, it's not like these things happen overnight. God cares about what he's doing in you to shape you into the type of person he would entrust a movement. Um, so just want to encourage them on informing their hearts uh, on as far as like a timeline and, and let's, let's celebrate just obedience to Jesus. Let's enjoy uh, that we get to do this together with others and, um, and to, to really uh, focus on, on growing in love for one another and love for the Lord and that, that our abiding time would sustain us, but to really long for the things that we see in the scriptures of, of believing that God wants to do a movement here in California. So that was one thing we, we focused in on. And then we just gave some, some simple examples of guys, let's, instead of, instead of looking for the person of peace, which we've trained you to do, like you guys are Californians, you're local. Why don't, why don't you focus on being the person of peace and giving them some, just some practical steps. I, I took away from Ray, uh, for example, Hey, um, why don't you try to have uh, 10 minute conversations with people in your Oikos and why don't you schedule Oikos appointments, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it seems like Californians love to play. And so, um, what are some things that you enjoy doing hobbies that you could connect with some folks over? And then we had some stories like Jolene Burtz and how she was reaching her neighbors down in San Diego and, and started discovery Bible study by doing like a, a neighborhood ice, uh, like an ice cream social and Rick and Jenny who joined the climbing gym and, and reached the middle Eastern man, um, with the gospel who's interested in studying the Bible. And so we had some, some stories that we could kind of share to cast some vision. Um, Maya, I told you the story last episode of Maya leading her, um, the, the girl on the track team to the faith and her friends. So getting some, some 
God just kind of gave us some stories to be able to share to cast vision and just talked about slowing down, focus on Oikos. We, we thought based on our training that we modeled so much of engaging zero to one that we, you know, they skipped over Oikos. So just a refocus on Oikos, um, a refocus on uh, investing in those people around you and how to have those. It's not just a one and done, you're out of here. Like you, you need to, you know, you, you need to love these people, you know, be Christian <laughs> to your neighbors. And, um, and within weeks, we began to see gospel shares go up um, mm-hmm. and, and some, some people who uh, began either discovered Bible studies or, uh, or came to faith. And, um, but I think most importantly in that, like them realizing like, oh, we can't compare ourselves to an active movement. Um, like we have to accept this is where we are. This is, this is the soil that we're in. This is really hard soil. And um, let's focus on loving God, loving others and, and obeying Jesus and making disciples. So we had that iron and iron. And again, it was in a home team size. And we said, Hey, set goals for the next 12 weeks. And then we're going to get together for a mid-level. And then we did that with two other teams where we met iron and iron set 12 week goals. Let's get together for a mid-level. Yeah. So after, uh, after that iron and iron, which is like a problem solving uh, gathering with leaders, um, we, we set some 12 week goals that we were going to get together and, and do a, a mid-level retreat, which is a problem solving retreat with leaders. It includes an iron and iron. And, um, and we saw progress in all the different teams uh, at the mid-level retreats where people were encouraged um, that they uh, were engaging Oikos more. Um, they were seeing some fruit from a harvest. Um, we are, we were seeing, cause the vision we're laboring towards, it's like a three-year benchmark is 500 teams. And so we were seeing more and more teams that were forming. And, um, so that was really encouraging for us about that same time. Um, we, uh, went to a gathering at Chuck Wood's home with Jeff Sundell and Ray Vaughn and Ray was on his way to uh, a different part of the world, just kind of debriefing on his time in Houston. And they challenged us that, hey, guys, um, you're doing a lot of work with Legacy Church, which, which we, you and I both know is extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. But they said, um, don't miss the folks that are wanting to pursue a movement that might be outside of the Legacy Church, which we were doing. Mm-hmm. And I said, guys, I don't know how to find those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so what do you do when you don't know? <laughs> you you got to pray and fast. And so that's going to be a theme today. Um, we, we prayed and we fasted and about a, within weeks, mm. um, God began to bring these different people into our life, um, through, through the most random relationships mm. that, uh, only God could get the glory for. And, um, so we started meeting with Parker and Jesse Green, who had moved here from New York City to uh to catalyze a movement of what they call micro churches um they started a church play network called salt churches and um we we it was like the most random connection rick did a training in france with christian surfers international and one of the guys there you need to meet parker so we we meet with parker and we're like dude are you a surfer he's like no it's just the guy that you met his church is called salty and my church is called salt that's how we know each other so it was just like, what? Like, okay. So, 
Um, again, like the point of that is just God's the one who began to pull these relationships mm. together. And uh, we met with them and, and we're learning from the vision, the God-sized vision that God's given them. And we just began to, um, to identify, okay, what's the big vision that you have? Um, is there a clear path? And do you have simple tools? Mm. And um, just our, 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 basically our task at that point was meet with them in their living room, meet with them in the coffee shop, listen, serve, listen, serve, learn, learn from what God's doing through them. It was, um, you know, I, I realized in Indianapolis, it was Troy, reach your Oikos and train others. In Japan, it was Troy, you're going to have to do this through other people because you're not Japanese. In Florida, it was a mix of both. But out here in California, it has been 100%. Um, you're an outsider. You need, you need to, to serve not just individuals, but, but network leaders that, mm -hmm. that have already got a vision. Some of them have already developed uh, their own training and processes, but they're hungry for community with other network leaders, and they, they're hungry for, for coaching from the Word. So um, over the past 12 months, um, we have connected with about nine different church planning network leaders that have, most of them have started a church and they either have begun to see multiplication or they have vision for movement. Um, one key catalytic moment was like, you've been out here and we've had um, Ray and Sarah have been out here, and Carter and Hannah, like we've got a bunch of different cool aunts and uncles that have come out, you know, that just kind of sit with us and, and, and with the local leaders. And Ryan Alberson and his wife, Lindsay came, they're coming through on their way. Uh, overseas. And I was like, Hey, Ryan, do you want to play or you want to work? He's like, I want to do both. Like, awesome. So Friday I scheduled six different meetings with six different leaders that we were, that we were uh, uh, beginning to partner with. And Rick and I just listened to Ryan ask these amazing questions of these guys. And, um, and we got some feedback from him on it. Here's some things to press in on. And so that was on a Friday. On Monday, we, we pulled all of them together at Parker's house. And Ryan just began to cast vision for movement from what they saw God doing over in, in South Asia. And um, he got through telling his story. And he had planned a module, but you could tell, you could see the eyes watering around the room. And uh, it was like, hey, man, I don't think we need the module. Like, let's just um, open this up. And, and they all were like, oh, my gosh, we have dreamed of like what you're talking about is what God has called us to. And we thought everyone's like, wow, I felt so alone. And in that moment, God uh, just cast vision for this, this coalition um, of, of these leaders that, that wanted to see movement and, and didn't really know how they were going to get there. And um, that was a pivotal, pivotal moment. Um, and, and you just saw the Holy Spirit orchestrate it. And from that point, we began trying different things out. I was like, hey, let's get together once a month. And, you know, that's not working. And, hey, let's, you know, so, you know, we ended up just, let's, let's just go. Let's meet in their living room. We're driving all over greater Los Angeles. Um, I don't know how many miles we put on the vehicle, but, and it's me and Rick and Pup, you know, two or more of us and, and taking different leaders or Timothys with us and, um, and answering questions. And finally, we got to a point where, uh, right now we're, we're in a, a weekly rhythm with most, most of them where for two to three hours and, and we're just opening up, um, and digging into, uh, we were, we were digging into acts and, and Jeff, Jeff Sundell, um, lovingly, 
Um, it's about as close to rebuke as I've, I've heard him had. He's like, bro, don't skip over Jesus. I, I know we want to see Paul do an ax. He's like, don't skip over Jesus. I hear in your four fields trainings, you guys are doing the Mark one. You're not doing Luke, get back to Luke. Get, you know, they need to see it. And so we received that and we have been going through particularly um, Luke eight to 11 and just pulling this out, pulling Jesus strategy out of the, of the Bible. And, oh man, Steve, like, I, um, it's there. Like the, the questions that they have are being answered. And even if it's like not clear in that passage, it was so funny. We, we did like a, a two day mini intensive in Parker and Jesse's home with just them. And I, and I really believe this was a, like a breakthrough for us. Um, it's like, can't get into a four day, but Hey, can we get two days in your living room with you and our Bibles and, and just dig this out of, out of the Luke and Acts. And, uh, so we, we did that with them. And, um, it was so funny, Jesse, um, we got through two journeys and then, and then we modeled church with them and Jesse goes, I, I can't do a third journey. Like I already know what we're supposed to do. Like it's, it, 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 I cannot bear to do a third journey. It's going to kill me, uh, because it's, it's right in there and they problem solved and, and made adjustments. And, um, so we're in this this rhythm now of, of meeting weekly with these local leaders, getting in the word, um, encouraging them, setting goals. And then once a quarter, they're gathering together for those iron on iron problem solving. Mm-hmm. And then we're pulling them all together for, you know, like a six to eight hour strap meeting where we worship, encourage one another, um, celebrate the wins, but also, um, you know, what are the problems we're facing? Let's, let's get into the word, to identify those problems and come up with some solutions. So, um, it's, it's blowing our minds, um, what the Lord's doing on that, on just networks level across the, the time, city. You know, we mentioned Ryan, it was kind of like a filtering process, but the next one was when this Australian came through the United States and did this book tour. Mm-hmm. It was extremely catalytic. And, uh, one of the stops was in Long Beach and um, when you came and cast vision and showed it from the word, it was so, so helpful. And we leveraged you being here again, saying, hey, guys, um, we're going to get together at my house and Steve's going to be there to do Q&A. And so it was in that moment where we, we used you as kind of bait. But we said, hey, you are the reason for them to get together. And, um, and then we just cast vision. So we believe you're not the only ones, but God clearly has his hand on your life. You, got, you each had vision for movement what do you think about linking arms and going after the city together? And, um, and then we scheduled, we scheduled, uh, two months later, um, an iron and iron gathering. And, um, so that was the, um, we had been kind of meeting with different leaders separately for about six months, six months after Ryan was here. Um, and I felt like we really fortified that. And, um, we did the iron and iron and, uh, and now, um, in two weeks, we're meeting for a, 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 our, our second quarterly gathering with them. Mm, okay. The other thing in that is, you know, I mentioned Rick and Puck and I are, are driving to, to the different cities. Like we have two guys in West LA, Mary up in Pasadena. Um, we got several folks in, uh, in Orange County, um, some up in, in Northridge, you know, northern part of Los Angeles, some in Ventura County. Um, so they're scattered all over. Um, but as we go, we'll take like, hey, you know, 
Parker, you want to come with us to meet with Pedro? And hey, Sean, you want to come over here and meet with Tien? Hey, Tien, can you meet with us with JT? And so we'll we'll pull some of them together to get time with them, but also to to kind of have them cross pollinate and um, because I I think that's healthy and they they love being with one another. You know, it's funny. Um, me and Rick and Puck drove up to uh, one of these um, times with JT and, and Tien was there, our, our Vietnamese brother who lives in Orange County. And it was like, we were like, should, should we just let them meet? You know, like they don't really need us. Like they, like they've got this, like, what, what if we just let, you know, we're sitting in the car looking at them in the coffee shop talking. And it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, this, this is where this goes, you know, like where we're, we're temporary, you know, these guys are here. And um, so that, that's where we're at right now. Um, the, um, there, there's a few sto- like, so I'm kind of giving you like, Hey, this is what it's looking like on a city level. And, um, we're learning how to, instead of coming in and, and pioneering a, a work, uh, from zero to one, or, or even our own strategy, we're, we're learning how to serve other movement leaders across the city. They're here. And there's a mix of folks like JT and TN who have planted a legacy church and, and are, are, um, are catalyzing movement. I, I, I would say one of the big breakthroughs watching with JT, and I think you picked it up in the interview, was JT, looking back, he, he started a church in his home. He didn't leave his legacy church that he started, and he didn't try to force them into the church in his home. He started a church in his home and said, those who want to come, come. And, and he treats that like a church. He doesn't treat it like an experiment. He doesn't treat it like a, you know, like church light. Like he treats that like a church. They've appointed elders. And, and out of that church, they've got second gen churches that are seeing baptisms and third gen disciples. And so going back to that principle of, man, one of the best things you can do is start a church in your home. And uh, that's, that's what JT has done. That's what Tien is doing. That's what a number of these other leaders are doing. It's just an observation, hindsight. Um, coming out west here to Los Angeles and, and even going up to Northern California where Brett and Jay Ashcraft and a number of others are laboring, um, it, the soil is very different here. Um, when we were in Indy or, um, and I, I would say the you know, South Florida and other places in the U.S., if you go out in the harvest, you're going to see somebody say yes to Jesus. It might be a second and third soil that you, you know, find out later in discipleship that they weren't, um, you know, true disciples of Jesus. But you're at least going to see people say yes to Jesus. You offer prayer, people are going to say yes. And our observation out here is people are kind, but but they're, you know, it's, it's like when we looked at the parable of the soils in Luke 8, um, that first soil where the, where the enemy just comes and grabs it away. That, that is the most common response. It is, it is no thanks, not interested. And we just see the enemy just grabbing the seed of the word away, the gospel away. And, um, so it is, it is different here. Like when we talk about what field are you stuck in? It's like, Oh, well, we're not, <laughs> we're hardly seeing any green lights. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we're, we're still stuck in fields one and two. And, um, I think the temptation in that is you start tweaking tools and you start, you know, messing with the Oh, this isn't working. Let's go back to, and, and I think just being assured from the word that this is what God has called us to do and trusting him. And it's in the, that season, like we have had to um, get on our faces and pray and fast and really focus on, you know, God, Jesus's commands, including the great commission, not just Jesus 
command of the Great Commission to make disciples. And uh, it's growing us as we're, we're loving one another. And, you know, we started a church in our home called Movement Church and um, really just, just growing as a church. And, um, and we did the month of prayer and fasting in January with a lot of people across the No Place Left network globally. And God gifted us at the end of that time with some fruit out of the harvest. There's a, a local brother named, named Tim Hutchison. He's with the Keystone Project based out of Houston. And um, Tim is a, a just, a, he's a gospel force, but he is a humble, humble brother. And Tim comes to a weekly prayer meeting that we have at Puck's house. And he's telling us that, guys, um, God led me to a person of peace. Like, don't tell, tell us what happened. You know, this is amazing. He said, well, um, Will Smith um, who had served over in Asia, who's now serving in Atlanta. Will Smith was in town visiting and he had lunch with Tim and they're sitting at a Vietnamese restaurant in Fountain Valley at a Bon Mi shop. And this man named Lee comes up to the Vietnamese man and says, you know, sees two white guys sitting in a Vietnamese sandwich shop. He goes, what, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> and Tim says, uh, Hey man, I, I live here, but uh, I moved here three years ago because I love Jesus and I love to tell others about him. You know, do you know Jesus? And and this man, Lee says, uh, well, well, I'm Catholic, but I don't know Jesus. And Tim invites him to begin discovery Bible study. He starts going through um, what we would call the commands of Christ, you know, basic commands of Jesus. And, and on week two on baptism, Mr. Lee says, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I want to be baptized right now. Like right now, yeah, right now. So they go to Tien's house and baptize him in Tien's pool. And Tim begins to walk with, with Lee, you know, meeting with him three times a week, mm-hmm. looking at the Bible, going out in the harvest together. This man is sharing at the temple. He's sharing with his family. And then uh, Tim goes away for Christmas break and comes back. And, 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 and Lee has, has shared with his white costs. And we found out that he led his son-in-law, who lives in Vietnam, to faith in Jesus. And that he and his wife were planning to go over there for three months to invest in him, to take what he learned from Tim and to do with that man in Vietnam and to reach his oikos in Vietnam. But we're just sitting there just like floored, like, what? You know, that's amazing. And, and you could easily like be so desperate to see God move that we could hear that story and think, all right, two white guys, go to the sandwich shop and wait for somebody to come up to you, you know? Like, like it's some formula. And um, so we just asked Tim, like, Tim, tell us, like, like, I'm just curious. How, how long have you been laboring? He's like, three years. He's like, do you guys have a healthy rhythm of praying and fasting? Like, yes, we pray and we fast all. So that's three years of praying and fasting. How many times have you shared the gospel in those three years? He's like, probably a thousand times. Like, conserv- and Tim's humble, so I know he's being conservative. And so it's like, that's what we need to hear, guys. We need to hear that, Tim obeyed Jesus. He came out here. He's prayed and fasted for three years. He shared the gospel a thousand times. He's training, he's training believers. He's forming teams. And then God said, all right, Tim, here you go. Here's this, here's this person of peace, this fourth soil person I'm going to entrust to you. And, and that's when the rapidness happens, you know, then the gospel starts to spread. And, and Tim's meeting with him regularly for discipleship in the Lord. And, uh, and, and the man's taking it back to Vietnam. So it's just like, that was the lesson for us guys. Are we willing 
to live like Tim, Hmm. you know, to persevere in what seems like this isn't working, um, to, uh, and just enjoy Jesus and enjoy one another and, and do the things that Jesus has called us to do. So that, that has really, uh, it has brought lift to the teams here and encouragement to the teams here. Um, there's, there's some other encouraging stories. There was a, uh, a, a chemistry professor, uh, named Jan and his wife, Janet, who's an orthodontist. They live up in, in Northridge, which is Northern part of Los Angeles. And, uh, they went on a short-term trip with the IMB to South Asia, came back and, and, uh, Jared connected them with us and, and Puck began to, um, drive up, uh, two and a half hours every Wednesday with a couple, uh, disciples and they would meet in their home and begin to go through the 411 and the commands of Christ and just spend time with them and answer questions. And, um, and, and they, they had a, a vision that they wanted to go to a, a very unreached part of the world. And, uh, but they didn't know what to do. So Puck just began to show them you know, and model for them. And, uh, and, and he said, Puck, uh, I have shared the gospel with more people in the last six months than I have in my entire life combined. This man from this, this close country, uh, Jan said, Hey, is there any you know, way I can pray for you? He goes, yeah, I'm lost. He goes, Oh, Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> tell me why. And it turns out he was a, a sniper in the military and he, uh, over in that close country. And he was just riddled with guilt. Uh, Jan begins to explain to him that um, there's no way you're going to be able to forgive yourself. That has to come from, from God. And he unpacks the gospel using the three circles. And this man gives his life to Jesus. And Jan begins to walk with him in discipleship and just using the things that Puck had modeled for him in his home. Um, his wife, who's an orthodontist, has led two of her coworkers to faith. She has started Discovery Bible study with an Iranian woman. And uh, Jan has also, um, there's a, a Kokyo sensei, I think is his name, a Japanese man who teaches, um, teaches martial arts on the campus there. He's in Discovery Bible study with him. And uh, so um, this is just, you know, hey, these are two extremely busy professionals that have a heart for the nations that wanted to go but didn't know exactly what to do that, you know, Puck is, is just is modeling them with some Timothys in their home. And they're beginning to see the kingdom of God expand as they obey Jesus' great commission to make disciples. So we're, we're parachuting in on mm. years of faithfulness, yeah. years of praying and fasting, years of, of gospeling and hearts explaining. So it's just a very, you see the Holy Spirit just kind of orchestrating this. Um, there's also uh, one, one of the big milestones for us and our, our, our church movement church is we were able to, to send out our first missionaries um, uh, there's a, a couple that you know, one from from uh, California, uh, uh, Gracie from California, and, and John from Memphis um, spent their first year of marriage here, um, and we were able to mobilize them uh, to a close country, and uh, that was a we we learned a ton from our time with them here, but that was a milestone for us. We have this vision for you know Acts 13, right? You obey the Great Commission, and and, and God's going to send some people, you know, and uh, so. Uh, but we felt it, Steve, like, you know, for the first, you know, um, few weeks, um, you know, Rick and Jenny had started a church with our kids and, and, and John and Gracie went, you know, overseas and, um, you know, we, we, we love them. We miss them, but just practically speaking, it's like, we just mobilized all our worship leaders and, uh, you know, like, and the weeks that, that Kelly's not there, I was, I was like, 
hey rick can we borrow some people and it was like what what am i doing like like we're just going to use alexa so we've had you know alexa lead us in worship at times and um but you know getting to to send uh them out and to learn how to as a church you know not just send but to love and serve and support them as they're as they're serving overseas has been a, a milestone for us as a church and um, every week in our churches, we're gathering in our home on Sunday afternoons, story after story of, of obedience to Jesus and sharing the gospel or loving somebody. Um, just this past week, um, Rachel has been ministering to a Sri Lankan woman at the grocery store down the street. Her name is Mika. And uh, she had met with her a few weeks ago and shared the gospel. And um, Jeff Sundell has said that, man, the the gospel is exploding in Sri Lanka right now. So if there's anybody out there and you got a heart for Sri Lanka, 60% response rate. If God's calling you there, let us know. Um, but this woman, uh, Mika, um, Rachel ran into her again just this last week and said, Hey, I have, I've missed you. I'm, you know, where, you know, how are you doing? She's like, I have been thinking about you. And turns out this woman is so hungry for the scriptures. And she's like, I'm, I'm I really, you know, I love the Bible. I want to learn more. And I really am hungry for communion. Do you have a church that I could go to? And she's like, the only problem is I work on Sunday mornings. And Rachel's like, oh, guess what? We meet up. We're like, that's great. I get off at two. Can I come? Can I please come to your church and learn the Bible? And I want to know more about Jesus. And we're just like, what is happening? You know, are you kidding me? And um, my, my nine-year-old Lucy, this is, again, this is all like coinciding after the month of prayer and fast. Our nine-year-old Rachel's been meeting with her for discipleship out of the word. And, and one day Lucy just says, I noticed um, she's, we're sitting at breakfast together and she's got her giant adventure Bible. She's trying to put it in her bag. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, I'm going to share the gospel with my friend today. I was like, really? She's like, yeah, yep. Yeah. It's like, what's your plan? She's like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to use my Bible that I'd start in Genesis. And um, it's like, okay, that sounds like a good plan. And she did it, man. She at recess, we, we prayed together and, and at recess, she, she took her Bible out and she explained the gospel to her friend and her friend wanted to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the praying and the fasting has led to, uh, to, to breakthrough. Um, some, some other teammates that you know well, Rick and Jenny, um, they were doing a, a house of peace search in their own neighborhood. And they knocked on the door of a woman named Sarah who, you know, this in, in, in America, we don't have royalty like they do in, in the UK and other places, but, but Kobe Bryant is probably the closest thing to royalty that LA has. And um, this woman was a nanny for uh, one of Kobe Bryant's daughters. And um, so she knows a lot of people and she uh, gave her life to Jesus and began to, uh, to uh, reach her friends and to disciple her friends in her home. This is right in Rick and Jenny's neighborhood. Um, there's another woman that we've met um, that Jenny has met through the I Am Second site um, that she's driven out to Inland Empire to meet with her for discipleship. God's beginning to answer the, the years of the faithful prayer and fasting and sharing. And I think a key in all this has been um, persevere. Mm. Don't be discouraged. Don't compare yourself. Um, we're looking for God to move. And, um, you know, uh, what, what really, uh, I think clearly, uh, encouraged us with that was Roger Scholl, who spent some time in Houston. He's in Raleigh. Now he came out and he, um, did an assessment of the work here hmm. and he interviewed, um, I think 30 some, uh, team, team leaders across California. And, 
um, he, he had some really helpful insights, but he said, guys, you, you've got some really committed leaders across California. And uh, he said, all of them were, were envisioned into just, you know, biblical movement from something like, like a lot of them from movements podcast or, or, or a book like T for T or movements to change the world or, uh, or an article, you know, from mission frontiers or, 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 or a video or, or something. They were envisioned by a number of different things, but all of them, the next step was they got to a training mm. and it was at the training that they, uh, they realized, okay, I found my tribe. And now I have some clear steps of what to do next. And he said, all of them for the next two to three years, just persevered in the face mm. of, of little to no visible fruit. Mm. And, um, and that's, that's, and so that really encouraged like, okay, we've got, mm. God is, is not ours, but like we're getting to work with people that are, that are persevering um, mm. and, and clean, clean to, the promises of God and, and, and believing that because not because they, of what they see, they're not, they're not pragmatists, but they're biblicists because they see it here, they're going to do it. Hmm. And um, that's been huge for us. Um, I, I think one of the, um, the breakthroughs for us, like the vision cast that we use in our church every week is Acts 2, 36 to 47 of what a healthy church is. And we're putting the, you know, the different things inside the church circle, um, you know, like, repent and believe and um, baptism and prayer and Lord's supper and all those things. And so every week we were doing that and we noticed that, um, you know, we've got people driving from West LA and Orange County and, and other places to come to our church. And it's like, well, like this doesn't seem right. Like they're coming here to go to church. What about like, but then I realized there's nothing in our vision cast that would compel them to do any other, anything other than gather here and be a healthy church. And so we, we tweak that vision cast, you know, the church circle a bit where we like, well, let's read on beyond Acts 2 um, that God mobilized people from that church. And it happened to be in Acts 8, 1, persecution. Um, but in Acts 13, we saw it was on purpose. Like out of, that, out of those churches, God mobilized and began to multiply other disciples and churches. And so that became our vision cast is that, you know, we want to be a healthy church at Movement Church, but we also... You know, we want to we want to make disciples, and and in God's time, we begin to plant other churches in the harvest. And mm. and if we if we aim, Ryan gave us like, hey, if we can see, aim for a six to twelve month doubling rate, you know, that that could be healthy uh, to see some sustained multiplication. And then if we if we begin to train, we can begin to start other churches or help other networks begin to have the same vision. And so, I think we're never moving past being what a healthy church is, but we know that. Healthy things reproduce, right?